from the beginning of creation, you and I were meant to be sovereigns. We were meant to be kings or queens. From the beginning, humanity was charged with having sovereignty over creation. Think about it. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis, Adam was given a job. God told him to give names to all living creatures. To name someone, to name something, is to have some power or authority over it. And yet, as we know, there was failed leadership on the part of humanity. Sin entered the world. Human beings were cast out of the garden and into the world. But the commission really, despite the fact that they had welcomed the serpent into the kingdom, they were still called forth to go forth and continue to exercise dominion over creation. And again, read the book of Genesis, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, and so forth. We see how violence entered in. We see how leadership begins to fail, begins to crumble, begins to be compromised from its very beginning. I love this term that Bishop Robert Barron uses. He said, man was called to go forth from the garden to Edenize all of creation. To take what was left, the vestiges of perfection, and somehow toil and till the ground to bring forth new life from the earth. And yet we see in the stories of Cain and Abel, in the story of Noah and the flood, and keep going on as the people of Israel eventually want a king. They're given it. Saul, Saul stumbles, Saul falls. Saul's a disgrace at times. David, the greatest king, had his dark side. It became clear that human beings weren't going to be able to do this on our own. And ultimately, we got a king. We got a king not as we would have expected. Not the Messiah that had been hoped for. Not the one who was going to be the leader of armies, rule over a government. No, my brothers, my sisters, we got Jesus Christ. God and humanity together as one. And Jesus raising humanity, but giving us an image of kingship that was much different. Remember, the ancient Jews were looking for someone to cast out the Romans, to lift their oppression, to give them freedom. They were looking for a new Moses. They were looking for one to give them the power, to give them the control. And yet, what is the image that we're given of our king in the gospel today? Beaten. Wounded. A victim. Defeated. When the Romans placed that sign above his head on the cross, this is the king of the Jews. 
It was a message and it was a mockery. Because that message was to the people that the Romans ruled. Essentially saying, here's your king. This is what you've got. This is as good as it gets. Look what we did to your king. You know, in our own world today, we have to say, what's that all mean for us? And it means a lot to us. You see, in our baptism, each and every one of us is anointed priest, prophet, king. We are called to sanctify our world. We are called to give voice to the gospel. But we are also called to exercise so with authority, with power, with conviction, with hope. No, the kingly ministry that we are called to is not one of domination. It's one that images the kingly ministry of Jesus. Jesus was the servant king. Jesus was the one who got down on his hands and knees and washed the feet of his disciples, his lessers. The teacher did not serve the student. The student was the one who looked up to the teacher. And yet what did Jesus teach us by his actions? That as we look out to the world, we are called to be servants. Living in this world, not of this world, but being changers of this world. Having an impact in this world. I don't know about you, but I find in my own life, so oftentimes there's that battle between two kingdoms. The kingdom of God that I'm called to proclaim, live, profess. And the kingdom that I may want to build on my own. We all have that way of wanting to build our kingdoms. Maybe it's on our success. Maybe it's on our friendships and relationships. Maybe it's on our possessions. Maybe it's even on our influence. But my friends, when we talk about Jesus Christ, King of the universe... We're basically saying, He is more, we are less. And all that we do is subject to Him. Because look what He did. He subjected Himself to us. Even to the point of death. One of my favorite saints, well, blesseds, around this time of year, is a Jesuit priest by the name of Miguel Pro. He lived in the early part of the 20th century in Mexico during the Cristero Wars. Essentially, the church had been made illegal by the government. Priests were told, do not exercise your priestly authority. Walk away from the priesthood. Take wives. Get, mar get married. Have children. Live normal lives. Abandon the church. Now down in the area around Guadalajara in the state of Jalisco, even today you'll hear the stories of many martyrs, people who refused, priests and lay faithful, who refused to accede to the wishes of the government. Priests who continued exercising their ministry, baptizing, celebrating the Eucharist, anointing the sick, burying the dead, who then paid for it many times by being arrested, sometimes with their lives. They were seen as subversives, those who didn't cooperate with the government, and the church was seen as an adversary. 
and in many ways rightly so. Miguel Pro was one of them. He was arrested for sedition because he continued to exercise his ministry as a priest of Jesus Christ. He was given many opportunities to recant, to deny his faith, to walk away from his priesthood, to curse the church and live. Time and again, Miguel Pro said, no, I will not recant. I will not walk away. I'm a priest of Jesus Christ. I will serve his people. And so he was sentenced to death. The death typically was by firing squad. And Miguel Pro and other martyrs with him that day were marched out and lined up. The commander of the troops had them lined up, gave them one last chance to spare their lives. One after another, they said no. He started the order, ready, aim. Before he could say fire, Father Miguel cried out in a loud voice, Viva Cristo Rey! Long live Christ the King! It became the battle cry of those who were holding fast to their faith. It became the slogan, the motto, the inspiration for others to continue to fight, to pray, to minister. As he breathed his last, he died a martyr because he knew that his, the kingdom that he was called to was not of this world. It wasn't his kingdom. He gave his life for Christ, just as Christ gave his life for us. My friends, as we come to the end of a, this liturgical year, we have to ask, who is our king? What kingdom are we building? There's a beautiful image down in the former church of St. Louis in Clarksville. They built a larger church. They now have a hall and there's this mosaic. I won't speak for the quality of the artwork, but I love the theme. St. Louis was a king of France. And the image is him before a crucifix presenting his kingly crown before the crucified Christ. Every time I celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation, it's all about taking the crowns that I've placed on my own head and putting them before the Lord. Crowns that I have started to amass because of my bad choices, my sins. When I go to confession, it's basically acknowledging again, I'm not the king, I serve the king. Yes, I have a kingly function, but not on a throne. A king who washes feet. You see, as we exercise that function, we need to take it seriously because it's about seeing the dignity of every human person. Of standing up for the unborn who are not welcomed in our world sometimes. Of eradicating racism in even subtle ways. Of not allowing someone's economic background to allow them to have a label that they have to live with throughout their lives. You see, Christ is King of the universe of all of us equally. Can we wash each other's feet?
Can we cash in our crowns and allow Christ to be king of our hearts, of our lives, ultimately our world? And so my friends, I challenge you this week to answer the simple question, who's your king? Who's your king?